Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. Well, it, it definitely is good to have the Morrison family back, and I'm just uh, going to hang this up here because um, some of us in this place were born overseas. And uh, for me, I was born in a place called Barnsley. And you might go, Barnsley's just up the road, you know. But it's actually, that's named after Barnsley in Yorkshire. And I actually still speak a bit of Yorkshire, you know. Hey, up, other it. That means good day. <laughs> but anyway, Sky and Asher brought me back this scarf for the Barnsley Football Club. And look, I'm going to do something really dangerous right now because you really shouldn't abuse the sound guy before you preach. Maybe afterwards, but I just want to remind someone who barracks for Nottingham Forest that they lost this week and Barnsley won. (laughs) Keep this on, okay? So, there we go. While we're talking about football as well, yeah, go the Knights, that's great, but me, I'm an AFL man. And uh, my team is the Swans. And let's face it, I'll tell you why they're going to win this afternoon. Because they're playing the Demons. And Demons don't win, do they? We're the winners. We're the winners, not Demons. So they're definitely going to be on a winning streak this afternoon. Amen. Can I have an amen? Thank you, sister. Bless you. That's great. You know, last night we had um, an amazing time. A number of us went to a birthday party of a couple in this church and it was a combined birthday party for the husband and the wife. And together the total of their ages was 120. And I won't give away what the mixture was, but it was a 120th birthday party. And we got there at 6.30 and there were canapes and so on and it was in a nice place so we wore our nice clothes. And um, at 7 o'clock the lights went down, the spotlight came on the door and in came the lady of the party. And she was dressed in a medieval gown And she came in singing a song, a love song for her husband. Anyway, when she'd finished, about 10 minutes, not, you know, five minutes later, the door opens again and in comes the man of the celebration. And he's dressed in like a knight in shining armour, you know. He's got this medieval sort of suit on and he sings a love song to her. And it was really, it was actually really beautiful. And we're all sitting at these round tables And it reminded me a bit of King Arthur, you know, and the round table sort of thing. And I've got to say, the the Lady Audrey was at that party. The Lady Winsome was at that party. Sir Sir Lancelot Davis was at that party. Um, You know, and it it was a really good night. But it reminded me about, you know, King Arthur, me being British and so on, and uh, and all of his knights. But did you have you ever heard about how? The, the round table, who invented the round table idea? Have you ever heard of that? His name was Circumference. <laughs> Come on. It's Father's Day next week, but give me a bit of a grace, you know. Come on. Give me a bit of a go. <laughs> yes, yeah, Circumference. There you go. We are in the middle of our series about the Lord's Prayer and and Pastor Sue has preached a 
some great messages so far about our Father, Abba Father, and the intimacy we can have with him, the Holy God. And today we're looking at your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I've called it living in the now but not yet, and and that will become apparent uh, why. But I want to start off by saying this. When you read the Lord's Prayer and you read, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Have you ever wondered why it doesn't say, Lord, please, if you wouldn't mind, would you send your kingdom? Or, God, it would be really nice, if it's your will, of course, that your kingdom would come. It's not like that. In fact, in the original language, it's an imperative verb. An imperative verb is like a command. The word imperative means giving an authoritative command. And so when we, when we pray that line, we're, we're praying this, come the kingdom, kingdom of God come, come the kingdom. We're not, we're not begging God for it. We're speaking out that the kingdom of God is coming and we're saying, come the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, Lord. It's an imperative. And there's so much power in the words that we speak. And we, we are, I believe God's given us the, the authority to speak the kingdom of God coming in our lives, in our marriages, in our families and so on. And we're going to, um, we're going to talk a bit about that today. But first we're going to learn some Hebrew. Now the thing about Hebrew is this, that it's got some sounds that we don't have in English. So, you, you know, probably the main one is the <laughs> sound. Yes, I know when you usually hear that sound. I know, I know. But come on, we've got to practice it. Ready? After three. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's never been done in a church. In the, not in this church, that's for sure, I've got to tell you. But you have, to, you have to be able to do that because we're going to say this. Baruch, Atah, Adonai. Elohenu Melech Ha'olam. Wow, you guys are amazing. Let's put it all together. Ready? Baruch Ata Adonai Elohenu Melech Ha'olam. And a, a literal translation would be Blessed Baruch are you, Lord. Ata Adonai, our God, Elohenu, and Melech is, is the word king, Melech. Ha'olam, king of the universe. So when you think about that, you know, that's, a, that's a, just a beautiful blessing and acknowledges who God is. But it's always paired with other things in, in the Hebrew experience, in the Jewish experience. So it's said in the synagogue each week, it's said in homes, it's said in private prayers, it's said on the Sabbath day, and, and there are en- different endings to it. So, for example, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us life and sustained us, who has sanctified us with his commandments, who creates the fruit of the vine, who brings forth bread from the earth, who is good and causes good. Lord our God, King of the universe, don't you find it interesting that in the first line of the Lord's Prayer, we're talking to this in this intimate way to our to the our Father, our Father Abba. My grandchildren call me Saba. That's the Hebrew 
granddad, Abba father, Sabba grandfather. And it's a term of endearment, you know. It's, it's, I love it when they just call me Sabba. And, and when they, you know, when an Israeli person uses that term, Abba, it's an intimate term. It's an expression of intimacy. And yet two lines later, here we are saying, come the kingdom of God, your will be done. We're acknowledging that this Abba father is, is close to us, but he's also a king. He is a king of a kingdom of which we are all a part and we need to recognise that, that, that God is not only an imminent God who loves us and is with us and in us, but he is a transcendent God as well who is a king of the universe. Not the, just the king of an earthly kingdom or even the king of this world, but the king of the universe. And so I'm going to answer right now Joel's question to me earlier on, what's with the suit? Now, Joel, you know, if you stand up, we need to pass the hat around and buy this guy some jeans without rips in them, you know? Come on. (laughs) It's all right. Joel's my gym buddy. We can have a bit of a joke at his expense. But, you know, I tell you what's with the suit. I was thinking about last night because we pulled the um, suit out of mothballs to go to that party. It's been ages since I've worn it. And then I got home and I was thinking about your kingdom come and I thought, I'm going to meet the King of Kings tomorrow morning. I'm going, to, I'm going to be there at church. He's Abba Father for me. And usually at church I dress for Abba Father because I want him to know who I am. Like, like you long riders, you come dressed and, and Father God knows that you're long riders because it's on your jacket. That's how he knows. But you dress because you're comfortable with that, because he's your father and, and he, he, he accepts you just as you are. So you come, you know, you come as you are, right? I'd love to be here in my board shorts and thongs and so on because I'm a surfer, but I'm a pastor as well, you know, so you've got to show a bit of decency. But anyway, you know, we, we come even before him dressed as we are because we, we, we know and we hear it preached and we know in, in our hearts that he accepts us and loves us for who we are and just as we are. And yet at the same time, we, we've come to meet the king. We've come to meet the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if you were going to meet an earthly king, you'd probably dress up because you're not, th- not thinking about you and you're not going, hey, king, guess what? I'm a surfer, I'm a biker, I'm a whatever, you know, what? you're doing is hey hey king i i dressed up because i'm recognizing who you are and i i wanted to you know honor who you are by dressing for you and by and by looking good and you know i'm not saying that this church is transitioning to a suit wearing church or something i'm not saying that but what i'm saying is we have to recognize that god is so close and so personal and intimate with us and yet he is the lord not only of the universe but of time is the Lord of the past, the Lord of the present, and the Lord of the future. And the, the hope of the kingdom of God, his kingship, is it spans time. It spans the, the, the planet Earth. It spans the universe. That's his kingship. That's how great and how amazing it is. Melech Halam, king of the universe. So when God chose Israel as his nation and he brought them out of Egypt and he took them into the promised land for a long time there they had no king they had no earthly kind of rulership they didn't have councils and state governments and federal governments all dealing with different things in their life and and uh, so on but God was their king 
And yet they got to a time when their enemies were sort of coming against them and they got nervous and they said to the prophet Samuel, we want a king like the nations around us. 1 Samuel 8 says, but when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It's not you they've rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. We are citizens of another realm. And, that, and, and God calls us, don't get me wrong, God calls us to be obedient to our government and to, um, and to build our um, be citizens, be civic-minded and so on. But wherever that clashes with the kingdom of God, the kingdom prevails. The kingdom comes first. And I tell you, this world's getting darker and, the, and, and, you know, there's, I'm going to talk about the not yet in a minute, but the not yet will be a kingdom of light and a kingdom of perfection. And yet we live in this time now where the kingdom of God has come in Jesus into this world that is embodied in the church, in you and in me. And we, we then go out into this imperfect world and take the kingdom of God with us where we go. But it is not an earthly kingdom. Jesus said this, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. See, Jesus basically said, and and look, I'm not saying uh, against like the armed forces and that sort of thing because, um, you know, I've got a, I'm not a pacifist, let's just say that. If Christians want to serve in the armed forces, I'm okay with that. But what, what I am saying is that the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God to advance, it doesn't use the force and the power of this world. If you do that, what you end up with is the crusades and things like that that have been a, a sort of a, a tool for non-Christians to abuse Christians and the church for so long. But the power, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not earthly, it's prayer. It is confessing the word of God like we did this morning, come the kingdom of God, like the, the, the songs that we were singing and confessing the word of God, that's powerful. Prayer is powerful and the power of the Holy Spirit in us that, that can just touch lives and change lives and the blood of Jesus which we've celebrated in the communion that can bring healing and life and you know, forgiveness and grace and, and deal with our mental health issues and our emotional issues and that sort of thing. So, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Back in the 1970s, the founder of YWAM, who was Lauren Cunningham, brought together all of his leaders from all around the world, the youth with a mission leaders, and they met together and God had put on their hearts a vision for the kingdom of God to come in what they called the different spheres of influence in the world. So when Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world, I don't believe for one minute that he's saying it's this hairy-fairy thing or it's just about a spiritual thing that happens inside of people when they become Christians. Because the, the spiritual world and the physical world are intertwined. We, you know, Richard used to say this all the time. Let your, let your natural life be spiritual and your spiritual life be natural. And so the outworking of the kingdom of God 
comes into our natural life and, and can impact our nation and can impact all the different activities and areas of our nation. So at that conference, David Hamilton, a YWAM leader, said this, God wants every nation to be able to experience the transformative impact of the kingdom of God in every dimension of its cultural life, shaping every sphere of society, the sphere of family, the sphere of economics, uh, science, technology and business. And can, can I just say that sitting in here today, we've got a scientist and actually a couple who are working to, and have developed a new battery for storing electricity that will help in our transition as you know whether you like it or not we're transitioning to cleaner energy that um, cuts down our carbon emissions and so on and 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 they have set up a company that is um is just starting to produce these batteries that help it to happen without us not having hot water for the shower in the morning you know (laughs) because the wind didn't blow that day or the clouds had been for a while. So well done you, well done you. You're bringing the kingdom of God and we're going to talk more about that into, um, into our society. The sphere of government, the sphere of religion, the sphere of education, the sphere of media, which is communication, and the sphere of celebration, which is arts and entertainment and sports. Who loves it when the Penrith Panthers get down on their knees and, you know, they give the glory to God? Only me? Yep, two of us. Oh, no, you're just wiping your hair. Sorry. Um, It's only me. But anyway, I think it's great that they bring their faith into their sport. You know, they pray, they give thanks when they win and they give thanks when they lose, but they do their best. And, um, you know, our faith needs to be active and impacting our culture, in reaching every part of our culture. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're a skateboarder. Well, that's all right, skateboard for Jesus and tell your skateboarding mates, you know, tell them your testimony and so on. We're going to talk more about that later. But, but God's kingdom can come into every part of this earth and yet at the same time it is a very personal kingdom and we're going to move into talking about that now. See, Revelation chapter 21 says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne. This is in the future, okay? So this is nearly at the end of the Bible, two chapters from the end of the Bible. And um, it's about the new heavens and the new earth that God's going to create. And it says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. See, that's the not yet. The kingdom of God is coming. It's here, but it's coming as well in its perfection. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Lord, bring heaven to earth, please. How amazing would that be to live in a place? It's incredibly personal. The kingdom of heaven where there is, where it's to do with life's challenges and life's losses, our weeping and our grieving. It's to do with our pain, the pain of our bodies and our pain of our souls, emotional pain, mental pain. But the kingdom of God is coming in its perfection when those things will be no more. And yet the kingdom is now. And let's see how that can be. Jesus went into the synagogue regularly when he was on earth 
and he would preach from their scriptures. And one day he went into a, a synagogue in, in the Galilee and he preached this. He said this. He, he spoke to the, um, the synagogue, the congregation there, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. This is, so this is his vision statement for his life and it's his vision statement for the kingdom of God, which he was bringing in. The kingdom was who he was. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, the Jubilee year. That's the kingdom of God. Jesus, that's what he went about and did after that. And after him, the church went about and did those things. And that's the invasion of the kingdom of God into, into this world. It's, it's begun on earth and, and, and yet its perfection will be in the future. And that's where our hope lies. That's where our hope is. But it begins with this, good news to the poor. Good news. Jesus has forgiven your sins. God has forgiven your sins in Jesus. God has made a way for you to actually have a relationship with him because nothing impure can come before this king who is holy and righteous. And the only way we can come into his presence and get to know him personally is through the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, that we stand before him clean we needn't have this guilty conscience. We cleared from a guilty conscience. Don't let that plague you. The blood of Jesus has dealt with it and opened that way for you to go to be with, uh, to, to relate to God. Okay, the next thing. Sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. I'm going to tell you a story. A few weeks ago, about a month ago, a guy turned up at our community dinner. And we could tell he, he was a bit jumpy and, and so on. He was a bit nervy and we welcomed him. And as we got to know him that night and over the coming weeks, he had the most incredible story, we called a testimony, of what had happened to him 12 months ago. And this is what he said. He stood up in front of everyone and he said, 12 months ago, I was an ice addict. I'd been an addict for a long time and I just lived from fix to fix. I lived from, from, you know, one hit of ice to the next and it was all I could think about and it was all I could do. And he said, and then one day I was down in town because I, I, he goes to Soul Cafe a lot and, and he's involved in the church there. But he said, I was down in town and I pulled out my phone out of my pocket and there were these Bible verses on it and I don't know how they got there. He said, but I looked at my phone and I read those Bible verses and I fell to my knees in the street and started weeping. This is what he said. This is how he shared his story. And he said, and I met God and Jesus came into my life and forgave me. And at that instant, I got free of ice. In that instant, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes rehab and so on. But he got set free in an instant. And he got up from his knees and found Soul Cafe and let them know what, what, he'd been, what had happened to him. And now here he was 12 months later sharing that. And he's still free. You know, he's, he's not, uh, he's not um, taking, using ice anymore. 
He's, so he's there sharing it with, with our community dinner people. And it was just the most incredibly powerful testimony. And he just kept saying, Jesus saved me. Jesus changed me. Jesus came into my life, you know. And he was just, he was just so grateful and, and it was amazing. And the first thing he did when he'd finished was he went and sat down with another young man and led him to the Lord last Tuesday at the dinner. And, and there's, a, you know, this is, this is just amazing. This is God's kingdom breaking in to dark places where, look, I, I, I'm not against doctors and medicine. Doctors and medicine are a part of God's answer for our brokenness and our healing and that sort of thing, and psychologists and, and so on. They're all working to bring this kingdom to earth, which is no more pain, no more crying, no more sorrow, you know. But as, as well, th- those are medicine and and psychological treatments are so much more powerful when the person is a Christian and they pray as well and they invite God into the process. And so the thing is, this is the kingdom. The kingdom, that's what it's about. Here's the next thing. Recovery of sight for the blind, physical healing. We had Sam Paul's mum and dad come and talk to our um, Friday night connect group on last Friday and we were sharing, they were sharing testimonies and Sam Paul's mum shared how she'd had cancer um, about 10 years ago and she, they'd prayed for her and God had healed it, you know. Amazing story of healing testimony. But as I said, you know, I, I'm not saying don't go to a doctor or that sort of thing. Um, I'm saying we're all on the same page here. We're working for the same thing, to bring in the kingdom of God, to bring in health and well-being. And the next thing is recovery of sight for the blind, yeah, physical healing, to set the oppressed free. Justice, folks, justice. There's a film out at the moment called The Sound of Freedom. Anyone heard of that, Sound of Freedom? It's a new film. It's a Christian film. And it's about a guy who worked for the CIA. And he worked down in Colombia amongst the drug cartels there undercover. And the CIA was sort of, you know, working a, um, a plan down there to bust open some wickedness that was happening down there. But this man who worked for the CIA, he was a Christian, strong Christian guy. While he was there, he uncovered this organisation which took children and turned them into sex slaves. He uncovered that and he contacted his bosses back in the US and he said, listen, we're, I know we're doing this, but we've uncovered that, so when we've finished this, I'm going to go straight into that. And they said to him, no, you're not. They said, no, when you've, when you've finished what we're doing with you, you come back. And he said, I can't. He said, I can't let this go on a day longer. He's a Christian man, you know. And he said... I quit. He just quit on the spot. He quit his, quit his work with the CIA. And he continued in Colombia until they had freed 140 children from what was going on. And he's committed his life to that since that date. And that's what this movie is all about, The Sound of Freedom. I encourage you. It's uh, very powerful. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard the man talk. Uh, you can see him on YouTube, who, who this movie is all about. And, and guys, you should go see it too, because the, the lead role is played by Jesus. Jim Caviezel who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, you know. So if you've you got to see it. It, it. Well, look, I, actually some people won't want to see this. It might trigger things for you. 
and I know my wife Audrey doesn't want to go see it, not because it will trigger something in her life, but it's just an awful subject. And yet justice is a part of the kingdom of God and we all need to be aware that these things are going on in the world today and we need to take a stand. So the next time you get a... a um, you know, something to sign that, that sort of stands against some of this stuff, sign it. Let's do it. We, can, we might not all be able to go to Colombia and free children, but we can get behind those that are doing it. We can get behind compassion who are freeing children out of poverty and this sort of thing because justice is a part of the kingdom of God. Now, we've nearly finished and I'm going to move on and skip a few pages here. Okay, that's about eight pages. Sorry, sorry, I got carried away. But, you know, stories are important, aren't they? Stories are important. Okay, so let's go to, oh, 30 seconds. Let's go to Ian. Let's go to the ministry time. (laughs) The Lordship Prayer. If Jesus is king... And he's king of your life, his, king is, his, his kingship is personal in your life and he's calling you to bring that kingship into this world, then what shall we then do? Well, I'm going to invite you now to pray with me this prayer which we've called the Lordship Prayer and it came from LL Ministries and I've just changed it a little bit, added to it. But this is a prayer which recognises not just that God is Abba Father, but they, that he is Melech um, HaOlam. He's the king of the universe. And he calls us to bring his kingdom of healing and freedom and justice into this world. In whatever we're doing, I don't care what you're doing, you can bring that kingdom of God into your family, into your marriage, into um, your work and so on. But we haven't got time today to explore that further, but he's calling you to do it. So what I'm going to ask is, if you will pray this prayer with me, and I'm going to warn you that this prayer is about letting Jesus be Lord of your whole life. Not just the bits you want him to be Lord of, but your whole life, everything. And if there are some things that have missed, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you and say, I want you to add this because you haven't let me be Lord of this part of your life. Because when Jesus is Lord of our whole lives, we'll run out of that door as if it was the day of Pentecost. And like that man who got freed from addiction, we just won't be able to stop talking about our testimony, our story. This room is pregnant with stories of what God has done in forgiving our sins, in healing our bodies, in providing for us financially, in so many different ways. In, maybe you've been freed from an addiction. I don't know. Maybe you've been rescued from homelessness or whatever. This room is filled with those stories. And in praying this Lordship prayer, we, I, my prayer my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will come upon us, come rise up within us, those that are believers, and that we will become that army of witnesses that was the church on the day of Pentecost. Because my vision is that this church will not just be 1,000, but 5,000 in my lifetime. That's my prayer and that's my vision. So will you stand with me? And I invite you, let's stand together, and I invite you to pray this prayer with me just as we close. So um, 
Yeah, pray it with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I acknowledge my need of you and accept you as my King, my Saviour, my Deliverer, my Healer, my Protector, my Provider and my Lord. I invite you now to be the Lord of my whole life, Lord of my mind and my attitudes and my mental health, Lord of my body and my physical health, Lord of my spirit and the object of all my worship, Lord of my family and all of my relationships, Lord of my sexuality and its expression, Lord of all my work in this world and my service for you, Lord of all my material goods and needs, Lord of all my finances, Lord of all my emotions, all of my reactions and all of my responses, Lord of my will and all of my decisions, Lord of the manner and time of my death, Lord of my past, my present and my future, thank you that by your death on the cross I am set free. Father God, glory to you this morning, Lord God, because your church submits to you as king and we honour you as king of the universe, the one who created us, who gave us breath and each day renews your mercy to us in the form of your gracious forgiveness and the daily life that we lead in the world. Lord God, I pray, come the kingdom of God, come the kingdom of God. In this place, come the kingdom of heaven. May it be as, as heaven in and through the people of this church. And may there be testimonies multiplied, Lord God, of your gracious kingdom coming to earth in the now. And we long and look forward, Lord, to the not yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.